Hey, man, is that the Garage Rock Show podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is the Garage Rock Show podcast. To those of you already supporting the show with a monthly subscription, thank you. If you're not already a supporter and you'd like to help make this show possible, please tap the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash the Garage Rock Show to become a monthly supporter. And make sure to check us out online at thegaragerockshow.com and give us a follow on Facebook at facebook.com slash thegaragerockshow. Now on to this week's episode. It's Friday. It's time for another episode of the Garage Rock Show podcast. Chris here with our special guest this week, Dahlia. Thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome, Chris. And uh, thank you for listening, Garage Rock Show listeners. Yes. And Aaron, what's up, man? What's going on? Thanks for coming back. Uh, Pretty cool. I want to say real quick right off the bat for... Anchor FM, our major hosting um, company that does our podcasts and stuff, they have some new analytics, and we discover we have some listeners not only here in the United States, but from around the world. Wow. In uh, areas such as Norway, Spain, Great Britain, uh, South Africa, lots of places around the world. So we want to say thanks to people that are tuning in around the world. That's I, awesome. It's less than 1% in some of these countries Good in terms of our... Put another <laughs> shrimp on the bow. <laughs> in terms of our overall plays, but I thought it was still pretty cool that people are tuning in even for an episode or two around the world. So That is awesome. Pretty neat. So thank you. Uh, it's our 51st episode, Friday, March 15th, uh, 2019, this month's giveaway. Uh, we got a couple of things to do. Uh, all you got to do is text the word PRIZE. That's P-R-I-Z-E. Text the word PRIZE to 68683, and we'll mail you out a prize, either your choice of David Bowie's Glastonbury Live 2000 remastered CD, Jimi Hendrix's Both Sides of the Sky, Pink Floyd, The Early Years DVD-CD Combo, or The Long Strange Trip, The Untold Story of the Grateful Dead Blu-ray. It's all your choice. All you got to do is text the word PRIZE. To 68683 right now. Go through the steps to confirm your entry for this week's giveaway. Good luck. Uh, we had we did have an issue with the keyword system the past two weeks, so if you got an ent- uh, a text that was saying you were already entered, please try it again. Text the word PRIZE to 68683. Make sure you guys enter. All right. This week's new Billboard releases across the board, across all genres. We have a couple uh, from Karen O and Danger Mouse. That's a cool collaboration. Oh, that's awesome. I love Karen O. She's <coughs> from Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's. Yep. She's awesome. Very cool uh, collaboration there. Uh, Matt Moe's Snarky Puppy. Snarky Puppies, they, they're old school. They're, they, they've been around for a while, so that's kind of cool. They're coming out with a new album called Immigrants. Stephen Malcolmus, he's uh, from Sonic Youth, guitar player. Uh, great, great guitar player. Uh, he's got a new solo album out. Uh, Steve Adam McMahon, Brian Jonetown's Massacre, Cinematic Orchestra, The Faint, Tim O'Brien Band, Todd Snyder, all have new releases today, so check them out if you're interested. Kicking off our rock news for the week. Um, this name probably doesn't resonate with you guys and doesn't, doesn't resonate with me until I knew about him, but Hal Blaine, he was a very famous drummer, um, most famous uh, commercially with the Wrecking Crew, but he was a session drummer. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame musician. He died at the age of 90. Here's the deal. Hal Blaine was on all of these number one hit songs. Check it out. From Elvis Presley, Dean Martin, The Beach Boys, Sonny and Cher, The Birds. Neil Diamond, Simon and Garfunkel. Look at all these songs. I mean, we all know these songs, right? Nancy Sinatra, Johnny Rivers. Some of these songs, right? John Denver, yeah, The Carpenters. Mr. Tambourine Man, Help Me Rhonda. Cher even. Good Vibrations, Monday, Monday. Can't Help Falling in Love with You. Uh, You know, these are just amazing tracks. And those are just the number one hits. Wow, that's awesome. Not including the other hits that he was in. I always wanted to be a studio musician. I, I wish... That I would have pursued that. I was just talking about that today with some of yeah. my colleagues. Um, that I, I wish I would have pursued that more uh, aggressively. Right. Um, but then, you know, life happens and, you know, you get into a field that's easier, I guess. But, man, to be a studio musician... A, session, to... a session musician of any type, mm-hmm. whether you're a bass player, a guitar player, mm-hmm. or a drummer... Um, to be a session musician of any type, it's it's hard work, and you have to know how to read music. Yes. You have to know what you're doing. Th- listen to that drum. Yeah. That was this guy, man. And it's my jam. 
He was a legendary drummer and uh, on timeless recordings. So even towards the end of this track, like, listen, watch. Let me see if I can fast forward. You can hear some of the... He kind of, like, has a little more fun with the drums. Yeah. Awesome. Good for him. To live to be 90 years old and see, like, all of the decades um, over those 90 years must and, be amazing. Yeah, to play on stuff from, like, this to the Rolling Stones to the Beach Boys, play on everything, all the hits back in the day. He was the man. He was, like, the go-to drummer that if you wanted somebody, you know, he was on Phil Spector's Wall of Sound Productions, all kinds of stuff, so... R.I.P., um, an amazing drummer, uh, Hal Blaine, passing away uh, earlier this week. So, And also, some kind of sad news as we continue about uh, artists that have passed away. Prodigy frontman Keith Flint, the cause of death is revealed. What do you guys think it was? Just without knowing. Well, well last week we man. talked about it, and it was, wasn't, didn't they say it was an overdose? No, they didn't say that. Or, uh, I'm sorry. Um, it was suicide. Suicide. Well, it was suicide, but... The specific cause has been revealed now is by hanging. He apparently hung himself uh, at his house uh, in Essex, a county southeast of England. Uh, the postmortem uh, autopsy was carried out on Thursday, and they are waiting toxicology reports. So we were saying, you know, is there drugs involved? We don't know because the toxicology report hasn't come out yet. So, mm. um, But he did hang himself, which is just like pretty... Savage, man. Same like, with Anthony Bourdain, you know? It's like such a savage way to go. Like, it just yeah. blows my mind how people can just kind of commit to something like that. I don't know. And just go through that. I don't know. It's wild to think about. Um, but, all right, let's move on to some better rock news. Uh, a lot of festival lineups getting released. Oh, uh, yeah, it's about that time of year. It is that time of year. summer. Um, some of these are put on by Danny Winmer Presents, including this one, Bourbon and Beyond, and it's kind of indicator for us out here in California. We're waiting for the Aftershock Festival lineup, which hasn't come out yet. Uh, Bourbon and Beyond is going to be taking place in Kentucky, which is, of course, like the center of where bourbon in America is made. Uh, so check out this lineup uh, just off the head headliners. What do you guys think? What, what I see here is they're doing like an old artist and a new artist every day. They got Foo Fighters and John Fogarty, Robert Plant, Daryl Hall and John Oates, with Trey Anastasio Band, which is the, the fish artist, uh, and also Zach Brown Band and ZZ Top. Uh, it seems and like then Squeeze also on that. <laughs> there, it seems like they're kind of uh, covering all the bases there. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, that's pretty neat. I mean, w you know, as a festival, I like this kind of approach where it's... It's almost like hardly strictly bluegrass in a lot of ways. Well, for our listeners, what does that mean? Uh, well, Hardly Strictly Bluegrass is a free music festival in San Francisco at Golden Gate Park every year in October. Right. Um, and in that festival, they have like just broad mix of artists. And they have the old school dudes that have been playing for years. Oh, right? yeah. We saw Merle Haggard and Chris Christopherson playing on stage, as well as Robert Plant, John Prine. We right. We've seen Allison Krauss. Del McCurry, some of those guys that are Dwight 80, Yoakum. 80 years old almost. Oh, uh, yeah. Amazing. But also, we've seen some new artists there like Umphreys McGee and uh, artists that are just up and coming. So Elvis I, Costello. Well, yeah, he's kind of in between. Well, yeah, but But, but I think still. it's kind of cool when they do this kind of new and old kind yeah. of deal, right? It's kind of, this this lineup has kind of a San Francisco vibe to yeah. it. Yeah. So that's taken it's like on. like an homage to You Harvey guys are lucky Bluegrass. out there in Kentucky to our like one or two listeners that are listening, man. You better go to Bourbon and Beyond because that looks like a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, check this one out. It's called Pilgrimage. Also, Foo Fighters, The Killers. But they got a country artist kind of vibe here with Keith Urban as the third headliner, which is kind of interesting. Um, check this one out. This one is going to be taking place... September 21st and 22nd, Har Harlinsdale, Franklin, Tennessee. Okay, so <laughs> it's in Tennessee. It's definitely got that country vibe. Uh, definitely not, you know, nothing to compete with uh, Bonnaroo on this level, but uh, pretty decent lineup. Foo Fighters, The Killers, Keith Urban, Leon Bridges, Nathaniel Rateliff, and The Night Sweats. 
The Head and the Heart live, Jenny Lewis. Uh, so check that one out if you guys are in the area of that. Also, for us in California, High Sierra being announced. Kind of a jam band festival, uh, but a, a cool one on 4th of July weekend in Quincy, California. With Dispatch, Umphreys McGee, Green Sky Bluegrass. This is more of a, a lineup of like what we were talking about with Hardly Strictly. Del McCurry Band. Um, it's got some Steel Pulse, which is kind of cool. Good reggae band. Um, Del and Dog, which is kind of cool. Del McCurry and David Grisman. David Grisman used to play with Jerry Garcia. Uh, like uh, Mandolin, he's a mandolin player. Uh, really cool. So there's some interesting... Uh, what I like about High Sierra is there's a lot of these... Um, kind of super groups and one-off groups that people just kind of get together that are members from other bands and they just like get together and do some fun stuff so that one's always fun and it's fun for the family too it's a family-friendly festival highsierramusic.com check it out Uh, alright Black Keys announcing a tour uh, with Modest Mouse and that's going to be going on pretty much all of 2019 starting in September looks like we're going to get some dates in California, November, uh, San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco, November 17th through the 20th. I think tickets are going on sale soon. So you guys interested in seeing the Black Keys, Modest Mouse? Does that look like kind of a um, cool lineup? Or? We've seen both. Yeah. You and I. Um, I would see them if it was at a music festival. But not um, at but a venue in, where you got to buy tickets? <laughs> no, only if there were other artists like. To That's not see. enough to get you, huh? It's not enough for yeah, me, fair no. Enough. Fair maybe enough. it were, maybe it would have been enough for me like eight years ago uh, or seven years ago. But Are you just saying you're old and you're, and you're just kind of like you need a lot to impress you now? Like you're yeah. not a young... You know, no, I'm like still seeing... young, thank you. But I think <laughs> well, that you know what I mean by young, like in terms of like mm-hmm. I'm seeing a concert for the first time. Compared, like you keep saying that, like oh, we've well, seen all these artists. Well, well yeah, for a me, lot of we, our listeners been... probably never seen. Right, that's. I have a different perspective. I'm biased, I guess, uh, when it comes to artists and shows because we've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shows and artists. So. I guess for the listeners, if you're a fan of Black Keys or Modest Mouse, it'd be an awesome experience the first time seeing them. I think it's a cool pairing. It's a good, like, yeah. a lot of times you see those shows, right? And it's like, like, uh, the the latest one is Corn and Alice in Chains. And that's a weird one to me. Like, those don't seem like two bands mm-hmm. that the fans are completely different, right? Yeah. Like a Corn fan's going to be like, you know, but... Like an old gothic but guy or that, something, anybody right? Anybody that grew up in the 90s that liked rock would be stoked that, like, on either one of them, you know? Right, yeah. It's kind of like an Aftershock lineup where they had uh, uh, Cage the Elephant as well as Rob Zombie, like, on the same day. Sure. So that's I'd rather kinda... see that than this. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know. I don't go to that many shows, so... Yeah, this wouldn't be one that would even get pop up on the, your radar Get at me all. out of the house. Would this get you out of the it's house, Aaron? Get, no. I don't it's think so. Be something. No, yeah. It's grab me. But that one's uh, being announced. Okay, so check it out. This is kind of cool that's happening today. The Red Hot Chili Peppers have a performance that on the, the, the Giza Pyramids in Egypt that they're doing today. Wow. Uh, Mar- Friday, March 15th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it on the Chili Peppers website. RedHotChiliPeppers.com. It's the first time, you know, anybody's done a live stream performance, apparently, from the pyramids in Egypt. I can just picture Flea up there on the top of that middle one, just, like, going nuts, uh, playing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Going nuts, huh? Yeah, it was probably his his idea, because he had the the quote in the the thing here. It said, uh, okay, so there's a quote here from Flea about the show. He says... Quote, my heart is abuzz with joy at the prospect of performing in Egypt. I'm so grateful and humble for the impending experience, the pyramids. It's unbelievable. We just jumped at the opportunity. I've always been fascinated by Egypt and that region of the world, and I'm so excited to go. So. Why are the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like, doing this for the first Already time of in, all places? I don't know. And of all bands. Apparently, they, they're on this world tour, and they played the island of Tasmania for the first time ever Tasmania. recently. While in Australia for the band's first tour in the country in 12 years, mm-hmm. they also performed at the Grammy Awards. Uh, so I think they're just kind of 
you know, it's almost like a bucket list maybe, you know, at their point yeah. in the career, like they got some money and able to travel and do it. And they're like, yeah, let's just fucking play the pyramids, you know, like Metallica did that th- kind of yeah. stunt in Antarctica where they played all seven continents. They were the one of the first bands to do that, where they played a show in Antarctica for a bunch of polar bears or what? <laughs> it was like the people stationed at the um, Antarctica Research Center. There's like a station down there where scientists, you know, are stationed. Yeah. And they did a show for fans, and it was this whole deal where you, you like got on this boat and it sailed from South America, and you go to um, mm-hmm. Antarctica. But I don't know. I think it's kind of like it's a publicity stunt. It's kind of like a you know we got money and we can do it kind of deal. But still, check it out. I guess. Uh, all right, here's a promo picture for Tool. It's fucking funny. Uh, they've just announced a batch of tour dates, but nothing on the East Coast. But for our listeners on the East, or excuse me, nothing on the West Coast. But for our listeners on the East Coast, there's some dates for you guys for Tool. Uh, mostly festivals, but they are playing some big arenas and coliseums. Uh, Go start- ahead and scroll up to the photo. Yeah. Maynard's uh, apron. Yeah, describe it for the listeners, babe. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let you do that, Chris. It's, it looks like a, a statue of Michelangelo where he's standing there naked, you know, with his junk hanging out. It's a, it's that on the um, apron with it looks like a Mexican flag or Italian flag in the background of some sort. <laughs> and that's, that's like classic Maynard uh thing there anyway that's the promo photo but for you guys on the east coast check it out may 5th through may 19th florida alabama kentucky virginia north carolina montana iowa and illinois new england bunch of shows uh for tool coming up in may okay this was interesting alice and chains releasing their first two episodes of a new sci-fi movie which is coming out um uh, it's kind of cool so check it out guys i'll play the video here on YouTube so you can see a couple minutes of it just so you can see the quality and I think you know it's important to kind of see that because at first I was like what the fuck is this really even going to be worth checking out Alice in Chains sci-fi video what's this all about but apparently it's it's actually kind of cool I was watching they already have the whole episodes up and it's uh, set to the music from Alice in Chains album Rainier Fog, and it's about, um, it's an interesting storyline. I'll, uh, kind of go back to the storyline, but off the top of my head, I remember it being about an alien couple, and they're here in the United States, and they drive around in this truck, and the female alien, they look like humans, they seduce people to get their electronics. And they're trying to use their electronics to build a tower to get back to their home planet or reach out to them or something like that. It almost seems like a Tool video ripoff. Like, I feel like Tool's already done this. Uh, I don't know about that. It's not animated. There. So, anyway, it's kind of a sci-fi uh, series. It's called Black Antenna from Alice in Chains. You can check it out on YouTube. Um... Yeah, it's a father and a daughter drive their beat-up truck across California in silence, speaking only telepathically. The daughter seduces men along the way so that the pair can steal their electronic devices, which the father uses to build a transmitter and send a message to their home world. Meanwhile, other darker forces have discovered their existence and plan to wipe them out before they can uh, arrive. It sounds kind of interesting, right? I don't know. Would you be interested in that, seeing that at all? Or no? guys pass on that uh, I don't know I'll probably uh, see like a one episode I'll check I'm, it out I, I yeah. to, I'd like to maybe see if a little bit of it see what I see what it looks we'll like. have to see it sounds kind of interesting anyway um this is kind of a I'm not so much into them sci-fi shits but yeah just the alien stuff piranhas and Sharknado and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's not like that. I hope it's actually kind of decent. I haven't watched it in full, so you guys need to check it out for yourselves. Uh, it's called... I do like ancient aliens and oh, yeah. UFO. It might be a combo stuff, of so both, right? It might be like kind it. of a combo of yeah. those things. So, Do you have low energy? Fatigue? A case of the moon days? Do you feel stranded, alone, and lost in the bleak void of primitive human existence? 
Longing for an ambrosia that will perk clarity and pull you from the dull sludge of your dismal life and family? Ball Jack's the key. Made from a patented blend of a thousand milligrams of taurine for the drive of a true Ball Jack champion. 300 cc's of caffeine stack. 5,000 milliliters of ginkgo biloba. Helping to stimulate the brain and regain the memory loss as a result of drinking Ball Jack. <laughs> Plus 20 cardiograms straight from the delta thorax of a living Malaysian tiger. Wow. And an ounce of pineapple juice concentrate. Ball Jack will transform you from the pathetic, lazy, stupid, idiot slob that you are right now to something akin to a Buster Rhymes hype man in just seconds. <laughs> grab the intensity. Grab the heat. Grab some Ball Jack right in the Ball Jack. Available at participating local motels. Copyright thegaragerockshow.com. All rights reserved. Winton, California. Just listen to the non-forced consumer testimonials from Nancy in Huskogee, Wyoming. <laughs> Come on, Nancy. No, no. <laughs> See, she's she's just she's so jacked out of her mind right now. She can't even yeah. properly put to words, Charles. Just listen to the non-forced consumer testimonial from James from Red Eye District of New Jersey. James, how do you how do you feel about Ball Jack, James? <laughs> James. James, go, James is jacked out of his mind right now, too. He can't even put it oh, into words James. either. <laughs> Ball Jack, guaranteed little to no teeth loss. Anyway, uh, this was interesting, Jack White. So, like, when you're a musician and you're making a song for the radio and you want to hear how it sounds on the radio before you, like, mix it and master it, pay all this money, right? Like, you go to a mastering place and you give them a ton of money to master and mix your record a certain way, right? You have it all done. And then you get it and then you play it on the radio and it sounds like shit. Like, you're like, it, oh, the kick drum's way too loud. It always sounds super compressed. Right. So, like, you don't hear everything. It's just like a compressed file. Jack White has, uh, he, he went on Instagram and he did this whole video. I'm not going to play the video, but I'll just kind of describe it. It's pretty interesting. So, he's recording some new music. He um, basically shows that he broadcasts his new music that he records on a private FM frequency from a transmitter inside the studio. The band lin then listens to the broadcast on radio while inside the car outside and gives notes back to the engineer in the control room via walkie-talkie. So he's like, oh, yeah, uh, turn up the bass, turn up, turn down the guitar, whatever. He's listening to it in real time in the car on the radio transmitter. So mm. that's kind of neat, right? Yeah, I, think the, cool. I, yeah. I think it's cool that the artists are at least taking that extra step, uh, you know, and preemptively. I'm sure people have... Because I've heard stories in the industry and uh, stuff where people have recorded something, it got played on the radio, and they're like, "Where's what? the baseline? Yeah. Where's anything? Yet? Exactly. Where's well, or that's the... what? Um, that was Dr. Dre's argument about when he with that whole Dre beats thing that he came out with. What was, like, what was his argument? What do you mean? That he wanted a headphone. Oh, that there was no can, headphones that in... has studio quality, basically. You know, right for a decent price where you can hear you know a wide range of the way stuff should be heard right yeah and uh whatever i'm not trying to do a dre beats commercial or nothing but no but it's an interesting <laughs> it's a good point I because be about that i i think <laughs> i think it's a good point though because uh it, it shows the consumers and people that are in the industry know that people want to hear something that sounds good and not you want to hear something that sounds genuine, not some well, overproduced, like what you described, overrecorded, a, a compressed, shitty file. No one wants to hear that right. squeezing through the radio. You want to hear, and I, I appreciate Jack White doing that because he's the type of guy that wants it to sound the best it can. Well, there's sometimes you know? too that I've you know downloaded stuff on my little laptop and I'm listening to it, and then I take it in my vehicle, which I got a nice system in there and i hear stuff that i didn't even know was on on it until later you know because you're listening to it on a decent system now and you yeah. can actually hear it right yep. or if i have it on my my unit at home with, that actually has good speakers yep yeah good point um all right a couple quick things here about some releases coming up look at all these new vinyl records that soundgarden's putting out unfortunately posthumously uh after chris cornell passed away but they had all this stuff planned uh, because I, I had bought a reissue of Soundgarden's first album and they had all these like planned coming out. Uh, it's basically Soundgarden's whole catalog. Uh, it's a whole new vinyl series. So it's starting with Super Unknown on April 5th. You guys can grab them all. 
Speaking of records, there's a new record player out, which is kind of, it's basically a sellout bullshit record player, but it's a good quality <laughs> record player. Uh, it's it's made by Project Audio Systems, and it's got a Guns N' Roses platter on it. The reason why I wanted to... That's neat, though. Yeah, what's cool kind of about this... of a retro video game thing, you know, how they're coming out with all those little... Just anything retro, you know? Right. Those little video game systems. And they're learning how to print these legit, though. It's not a slip mat that has a Guns N' Roses, you know, uh, logo on it. This is actually printed onto the physical platter, um, which is the first time they're able okay. to do that. It's You know, normally that platter is like a solid black plastic color mm-hmm. or gray or something like that. This is the first time where they're actually able to pr- uh, print directly onto the platter, uh, you know, some kind of a design. So they've done wow. a, a whole artist I series. Now. Yeah, it's it's a whole artist series that they're doing now with the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Guns N' Roses, some of these major artists, and they're actually di- uh, printing directly some of their most iconic artwork onto the record platter, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a start of a new technology. We're going to see this a lot more. Yeah. It, so this is one of the first ones that's doing it. What I would prefer is to be able to change it, to make it interchangeable. I don't want to see just one artist because ah. you and I, we, we put different records on. Right. We display different records. We like the artwork. We well, that's like kind of like the slip mat. The, there's the slip mat that exists now, which is like a felt non-static mat that you put over your record player that has different logos and things mm. like that on it. But this is, I think, what they they're trying to do here is create... Uh, a record player that's for the the kind of maybe diehard fan of that group that you want it to always be that kind of not interchangeable you know what i mean uh so there you go uh all right what do you guys i mean look at this ripoff from mark jacobs uh the fashion designer he took the nirvana classic smiley face that was like these two x'd out eyes Mm -hmm. with the tongue sticking out and Nirvana had that ca- copy written, and then he makes his shirt right there that says "Heaven," and it has MJ with the instead of the two X's for eyes, and the same squiggly line, uh, happy face. And he's arguing; he's actually suing uh, Nirvana now, and he's arguing in federal court uh, that Nirvana does not own the copyright to the smiley face design that the registration is invalid and further that there are distinct differences between the material covered by Nirvana's registration and the artwork used by Mark Jacobs. But I mean, anyone can kind of see, what do you guys think? Uh, I think he's going to win that. Who? Mark Jacobs. You think he's going to win? Yeah. He's obviously he's done his work. He's got a lot of awesome lawyers. He's, He's lawyered up, and so he knows what the yeah, rights def- are and what he can he and can't win. do it's before even putting regardless, that on. But, but isn't that sad? It is. It is. Where it someone is. like Mark Jacobs, who has nothing to do with Nirvana, can just rip it off for his little grunge collection that mm-hmm. he's doing, you know? And he's that's like high-end fashion, right? Yeah. In like a grunge, their grunge No collection. real Nirvana fans would even buy that shit, you know? Because it's like a probably... Here's 200... a $300 flannel. Yeah, $250 Got it from Old Navy and put my tag on it. Yeah. yeah. It's just ridiculous. So whatever. But that's happening. Uh, this is an interesting book that Rush is releasing, chronicling every gig they ever played throughout their entire career. It's a 416-page book that will have a... Uh, feature intro by Primus bassist Les Claypool and an afterward by police drummer Stuart Copeland, which is really cool. And they're they're going to be basically uh, describing every show they ever played. They're going to talk about the openers, the trip there, the crowd, and everything. And it's uh, kind of a cool definitive thing. If you're a Rush fan, you've been to some Rush shows, you want to see like the history of tours and stuff like that check it out it's coming out october 15th it's called rush wandering the face of the earth the official touring history so there you go uh all right trent reznor gonna be inducting the cure into the rock and roll hall of fame the the list has come out of all the artists inducting the artists this year so other presenters will include queen's brian may for def leppard David Byrne from the Talking Heads for Radiohead, which is, wow. that's pretty awesome. I, I bet that's pretty awesome for Radiohead yeah, to have I mean, David to have Byrne David, even. It's more of a, almost like inspiration for them, I yeah. would imagine. Harry Styles for Stevie Nicks, Janelle Monet for Janet Jackson, the Bengals' Susanna Hoffs for the Zombies, and Duran Duran's John Taylor and Simon Le, Le Bon for Roxy Music. 
So there you go. That's, of course, going to be happening March 29th. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. Uh, all right. So let's move on to On This Day in Music History Trivia, March 15th. On this day in 1958, the first ever gold record is awarded for sales of a million copies. It goes to what artist for what song below? What do you think, guys? Is it A, Laurie London, he's got the whole world in his hands, B, Elvis Presley, hard-headed woman, or C, Perry Como, catch a falling star? What was the first ever gold record awarded? What is that catch a falling star can you sing me a little ditty? I can't. Goes? You know, honestly, I looked up all these songs. I didn't recognize that song myself. But, I mean, we... So it's not the one. You had to look that one up extra. <laughs> I'm going to go with A. <laughs> I, I have it. Uh, w- Elvis Presley sounds like the obvious, so oh. I, I think you're, I'm, I'm going to say that's a trick one, and I'm going to go with A, too. Yeah. Oh, Lori London? You're always tricking us, Chris. I'm How not tricking. I don't trick anybody. You're hey, just, what are you talking about? trickery. But, I don't know. These are just questions, and Harry I just I just catch pull a falling star. I don't even know what that is. Okay, so you guys are going with Laurie London. He's got the whole world in his hands. I don't know what the hell that is, man. He's got the whole world. I mean, I know it's... Oh, okay. Hard-headed woman is like a rockabilly kind of jam, and then Catch a Falling Star is like, you catch a falling star. It's it's almost like a Frank Sinatra type of... Oh, really? Fucking shit like that. So what do you... I'm going to change my answer to C. To Catch a Falling Star? I think once you, like, gave me that little... I think I'm familiar with that now. And in 58, it's kind of like um, when we have one-hit wonders here, like in the 90s, like no one's going to remember them like 60, 70 years from now. So I'm going to go with Perry Como. All right. Well, you are absolutely correct. Here's the song. Oh, yeah, this sounds catchy for 1958. Fuck it. Oh yeah, this is the cool. I like this song. I've never heard this song before today, when I was doing the research for the fucking show. I'm like, this is the first fucking gold record. Are you kidding me? 1958, Chris. Man, old and new in that era. Yeah. This is a good song. People have covered this. I'm just trying to think of what my parent, like my dad, <clears throat> my dad was 10 years old at this time. Your dad was what? 10? 10 years old. Yeah. Born in 48. So right. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, would he have been listening to this? Maybe. He probably knows it. I bet you Carmen it. would have gotten this. I'm sure he knows it. All right, so yeah, there have been a number of bands who have covered this song, and it, this song is actually been premiered in a lot of like HBO series. Really? Yes. <laughs> Sounds like it would be in like one of those cut scenes off of Breaking Bad where they're like cooking some stuff or something. <laughs> right? You <know>? Yeah. <laughs> You're right about that. All three of those choices were number ones, though. Perry Como was the first, and then this one got the um, the second one, which is uh, Elvis. This is a cool one from Elvis. I I actually I know this song. This is a good one. I don't hear any bass. No. You don't hear any bass in that stuff. It was a stand-up bass at that time, right? Yeah, with no pickups. Yeah, hardly any pickups. Poor bass. Bass is always getting the shaft throughout history. Yeah. The drum's getting its recognition, but the bass isn't. And guitar. But the stand-up bass has its presence in a live show, even if you don't hear Oh, I hear it now. I had to turn on my music ear there for a second. (laughs) All right. A little walk down and up. So we don't need to hear the whole world in his hands because that song sucks. No, yeah, we're good. Um, so yeah, uh, Elvis Presley was the third artist to receive a gold record. Hard-headed woman, August 1958. Lori London was the second artist with "He's Got a Whole World in His Hands," and Perry Como was the very first artist to get a legit gold record from the Record Industry um, Association of America in 1958 on this day. Fun fact, Dahlia. So 1958, how many years ago is that? Like 61? 
Yeah. 68, yes. 78, 88, 98, 08, 18, 61. 61 yep, 61 years. 61 years ago. On this day. Wow. Isn't that cool? Crow milk, of course, is the protein-based milk uh, dairy product made with the eggs of crows, which we all know the eggs of crows are some of the most fortified eggs in the bird kingdom. Charles, you know from harvesting crow's eggs uh, yourself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The the fortification and benefits of these crow's eggs. Yeah. Sometimes you can just crack one open in your mouth and get the raw nutrients like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. But crow's milk does so much more. It, it not Helps only with inflammation. It, it it not only harnesses yeah. the power of the crow egg, but it it <laughs> blends it up in a dairy based product that is just uh, second to mm-hmm. none. You know, and it truly gives you that. It truly gives you that that scavenger chest. Like it <laughs> it really it makes you. It you makes know. you have the mindset of a crow. You can see those crows on the street where you're yeah. driving your car, <laughs> and they don't move out of the way. Yeah. Because they're fucking jacked up on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you could be the same way. You know, you could just have that, I don't give a fuck mentality yeah. on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. Crow, yeah, crow milk. Drink it. <laughs> Drink it and, and be one with, with your own, um, with your karma. Harness the power of the crow. Harness the power of the crow. Crow milk, so. Thank you, crow milk. Uh, all right, so moving on to sports. Uh, MMA fighter Conor McGregor arrested in Florida. Aaron, oh, really? Did you, yeah, did you see this, Aaron, that uh, Conor McGregor was arrested? Uh, he was uh, in arrested in Miami Beach uh, see at, this shit. on March 11th for stealing a cell phone from someone. I wish I had video to show you. Stole a cell phone? So here's the deal. He stole a cell phone from someone who was trying to take a picture of him. He was charged with robbery and criminal <laughs> mischief and was released after posting a $12,000 or 500 bond. He was leaving the Fontainebleau Miami Beach Hotel after 5 a.m. yesterday when a 22-year-old man tried to take his picture. According to police, the fighter slapped the phone out of his hand and stomped on it several times, then grabbed the phone and left. <laughs> Police arrayed, uh, arrested him later in the day at his local address. Wow. Doesn't that sound like something we'd do, though? Yeah, right? Just yeah, like definitely. Hey, what's up, Connor, you fucking loser or something? Some guy probably trying to get a reaction out of him, and he just fucking knocked the phone and stomped it. Shit, man. He's got so much money that people probably try to hope he get they get hit by him, you know? Right. Uh, catch a lawsuit. He was suspended from UFC for six months and fined fifty thousand dollars for a brawl after a loss in October. His suspension is up next month. Do you think that he's gonna just immediately hop back in there, or do you even think anyone cares to see him? Like he hasn't proven himself as like a a decent MMA fighter, you know? Like to me, I don't know. As a casual fan, I look at it and I'm like, kind of like not interested in mm, what he cool. what he has to do anymore, you know? He's probably. I mean, he's got so much money from the last few fights, but he wants—he'll want more. He's probably blowing through it. Yeah, and he's gonna—he's gonna probably fight again, and everybody will watch. But it as and a pay fan, for it. but as a fan, do you fan, think would, would mean, you would you pay for it or be interested to see it? Because I mean, it's—I heard you know? some kind of rumor that he was gonna supposedly do a fight, and he didn't want to do it because he wasn't the headliner because there was no title on the line for him. Mm. He's not like a title holder. And they had a the guy that was the title holder that was going to be the headliner, and since he wasn't the title holder, Connor got all upset. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the, you know, I'm I should be the headliner. It was yeah. his idea, even if it's not a title fight. What do you yeah. think about I mean, that? He got, like he got beat the last time for a pay per view event, though. Should it be like only title fights for the headlining event, or are we getting to the point where we see like almost like a kind of you know a a, a a fantasy type of fight almost where we want to see something like, yeah, these two dudes, even if it's not for a title, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think with his, um, I mean, normally a fighter that holds a belt and then it gets beat, you know, there's usually, they're usually able to, to get a rematch, but this dude got suspended and whatnot. So it's like, you kind of got to earn your way back in a, in a, yeah, I think he wants too much too fast, right? Yeah. You can't just automatically expect a, a fucking title shot, title fight, like right. Fucking first fight back, you know? Yep. Like fair. Put in the, put in the work again, go beat somebody's ass, show that you're still the best in the world. If you're the best in the world and then fucking you're fighting the champion and then you got the belt in two fights basically, you know, good point. Uh, versus one fight. 
Have you seen this uh, other in other sports news? Just a couple things to talk about in the sports world today. Uh, Jazz permanently ban a fan, and Russell Westbrook was fined twenty five grand after this exchange. Did you see any of this? I heard a little bit about it, but I actually didn't see it. Okay, so we're looking at a picture here of the guy. We didn't. I don't have the video propped up, um, ready to go. But there was a fan in the crowd. His name was Shane Kiesel or Kessel. And his wife standing near the end of the Thunder bench. And apparently it happened on Wednesday, March 12th. Or no, that's Tuesday, March 12th. uh, Earlier this week, the video went viral showing Westbrook telling fan Shane Kiesel and his wife while standing near the end of the Thunder bench, all F you up. Westbrook said after the game that it was an emotional reaction to Kiesel telling him, get on your knees like you're used to, which he said he considered completely disrespectful. Kiesel denied saying anything appropriate, claiming he told Westbrook, ice those knees up, and that Westbrook answered it was heat on his knees, to which he shouted back, you're going to need it. However, several Thunder Reserve players backed Westbrook's Westbrook's version of the story, and ESPN cited sources as saying that the Jazz actually gathered intelligence that also verified Russell Westbrook's version. So apparently the fan was kind of lying about it, said some shit. I, hate, I mean, I really do not like Russell, but as a player too, he's just a jackass. But this <laughs> yeah. dude, I mean, he was obviously he hears it. Everybody else hates him too, so he hears everything, you know. So to to actually, re, you know, like t- say something back to a fan, it must have been something that really like was below the belt. You know, so get on kinda, your knees like you're used to. Yeah, if that's so, what he said. Like, that's pretty he, f- fucked up, right? Because normal, normal jeers, you, you, they hear every game. You know, it's like and basketball is one of the suck, ones. Whatever, I, you know, like they're used to that. Am I right about this? That basketball is one of the ones. It seems like one of the only sports where some of the fans are literally like within reaching distance of oh, the yeah. of these guys, where they can literally shout at them. You fucking suck. You're a piece mm-hmm. of shit. Can't believe you're even on the team. If... Like right, right at you. Yeah. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember that big Ron Artest brawl. Like... No. What was that? For our listeners that don't know, maybe don't know. casual look, sports fans like me. I'm not going to get into that really, but like, yeah, it was just you know some fans apparently said some shit and beer was thrown and all kinds Damn. of shit. It was like this turn turned into this big old brawl. With multiple players and fans, and <laughs> it was crazy. Crazy shit. All right. Well, but yeah. It's. I mean, they're they're right there. They sit one yeah, row it's... behind the bench. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, all right. Check out this awesome photo, though. This is the winner of the Iditarod Sled Dog Race 2019 champion, Musher Pete Kaiser, won the race. Uh, well, is actually on Wednesday, March 13th. Crossing the finish line. Check this out, man. He went over a thousand miles in just uh, twelve, or excuse me, nine days, twelve hours, thirty-nine minutes, and six cent seconds. Thousand-mile race uh, on he beat one guy by only twelve minutes. Yeah, beat this dude only by twelve minutes. The defending champion who won last year, Jor Olsum of Norway. So Kaiser is the fifth Alaska native and the first of the indigenous Yupik people to win the Iditarod. Remember that one movie in the 90s, uh, Iron Will? Yeah. I was like that movie. Dude, and uh, what was the other one with uh, Wolf or something? It was called something with the Wolf. Um, Wolfman Jack? No, it was like um, uh, early 90s movies about uh, this kind of shit too. Uh, And just being with like, I think it was, no, not Call of the Wild. Was it Call of the Wild? Maybe. I Does that know. sound familiar? Dog sledding, though? Yeah, I think it might have been dog sledding or Alaskan know. wilderness or dogs and stuff. I don't know. I'm probably getting it mixed up in my head. But, yeah, fucking cool shit. So look at those badass dogs. Like, yeah, that <laughs> one dog, you always expect them to be, like, just huskies. This dog in the front there looks like a... Yeah, like a mix or a lab or something. Something, or... man. Like, I don't know what it is. But... Pretty awesome. Those dogs are the best dogs in the world, man. Just awesome, cool dogs. All right, so check this out. Sergio Ramos, the uh, soccer player, uh, is getting a, apparently a performance from Aerosmith at his wedding. Uh, he's getting married in June 15th in Seville, Spain, and uh, he's getting a, apparently a performance from Aerosmith at his wedding. I'm sure he's got That's the money. Cool. This yeah. fucking picture right here, though. Is it just me, or does his wife look like a uh, 
is silicone uh, rubber doll. Yeah, she looks like <laughs> an alien or some. She's apparently some model, Pilar Rubio. Must look at the picture. Yeah, I know. They, doesn't she look like a robot? Yeah, or some <laughs> kind of weird android or something. Yeah. Uh, shit. Anyway, all right. Check this out. Game of Thrones for movie, TV, and entertainment news this week. They have finally been released. The Game of Thrones episode runtimes. I have been thoroughly, honestly disappointed at oh, the revealing of ES. this. Yes, exactly. Fifty-four minutes, as Aaron is pointing out. Sixty, and then I thought we were supposed to get two-hour exactly. episodes the whole exactly way through. Exactly. Come on, what is this a cop out? Motherfuckers lied to us, and the first three episodes we're only getting six episodes. I mean, what's this total? Uh, one, two, like four out, five, six hours total. Barely uh, seven, seven hours. Barely seven. Barely seven hours total for six episodes. So the first three, episode one's only 54, 54 minutes, minutes, which is a normal episode. Episode two's 58 minutes. Episode three, 60 minutes. Episode four, 78 minutes. Episode five and six are 80 minutes each. I was hoping yeah. everyone would be at least 80 minutes or more. That's I was thinking I, I, it was an hour and a half each episode. We were told that these were movie length releases you know these yeah. episodes so it kind of sucks the first three are going to be the shortest at barely 60 minutes hmm. which is fucking bullshit and then okay so Amelia Clark who plays Daenerys Targaryen she's freaking fans out apparently with her reaction to her character's fate she already knows what's going on once learning of what happened to her character she told Esquire mag- a magazine that she wandered London for three hours aimlessly she said quote it might as well have been raining, and I would have just walked in not knowing what to do. There were loads of tears. She said, the moment I realized that alcohol can also be a depressant, uh, she was nursing a glass of wine, saying she wasn't getting any happier. So what do you think that kind of says? She That kind of foreshadows something in mm. terms of maybe her character get kills off, get killed off, were, or I mean, does something, you know, I don't know. Maybe her dragons all die. Maybe, you know, something like that. Just the show's done in general. Maybe that's what she means. Because, I mean, if she dies or the or not, the show's over anyways, right? Right. So, like, what, what is yeah, she, she could just be Yeah, whatever? she could just be depressed about that in general. Maybe she's just... Yeah, we'll have to see. Maybe it's a stunt to throw people off. Too, it is. So. It could be all just, like, fodder that we're all repeating right now and just talking about it and getting hyped up. So it's coming out next month, so check it out. Yar, you hear that? That's the sound of Mother Nature. She's an uncompromising beast. Think about it. What was the largest mammal in the history of this earth? The blue whale. What did they eat to become the largest beast on the planet? Krill. That's right. We've harnessed the power of the wild and mysterious krill in our new triple baleen filtered krill reserve lager. We filter our beer in a revolutionary baleen strainer, imitating the way blue whales would eat and process their krill. Yar, this is the same process. Filters and extracts all of the seaworthy nutrients your body needs. We only harvest the most wild and exotic krill from one of the most deadly seas on the planet, the Black Sea. Yar! So whether you're fishing for barnacles, sailing the seven seas of cheese, we're disposing of unwanted trash or bodies in your nearest lake. Yar, you need an uncompromising lager made of the same nutrients that fuel the beasts of the sea. Krill Reserve Lager. Triple baleen filtered for maximum krill potency. It's not just delicious. It's krillicious. Yar. Uh, check this out. Cranky Anchors. You remember Cranky Anchors? Yeah. Uh, it's returning to Comedy Central with 20-episode series from Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla, and Daniel Kellison, the original guys. Okay. It's going to be a half-hour comedy series, uh, Kimmel's first project for his newly formed production banner, Kimmelot. So, yeah, Carolla, everybody's on it. So Yeah, those are good. I always love the big boy. It's uh, been a while, man. It's 2007 was the last time it was on. tap ones that big boy does. Mm-hmm. That's, those are hilarious. Luther Lufay. Uh, I wanted to tell Dolly about this, but um, she's not in here at the moment. But Stephen King fans, listen up. Apparently the talisman 
is going to be heading to something. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Netflix, a movie, uh, but The Handmaid's Tale director and Outlander director Mike Barker is going to be hired to tell the story of a young boy named Jack Sawyer and his sprawling quest through a monstrous alternate dimension to find the mystical title object, the talisman, that can apparently cure his dying mother. He just might save two worlds in the process. It was one of Stephen King's longest books, um, clocking in at like fucking 1,200 pages or some shit. It's huge. Uh, And it's finally, here's this kind of cool story about it. Steven Spielberg became mesmerized early back in the 70s, 80s of the book, right? He was so determined to adapt it to a film, he got Universal Pictures to buy him the rights forever, not just an option to adapt. Uh, so he's been sitting on this for like 35 years, and he's finally putting it to Spielberg? film. Spielberg? Yeah. 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 On King's idea, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Right? That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it does. So we'll we'll have to see. Um, have you seen this shit about Bam Margera? Ultimate dimensions and shit? Yeah, it's supposedly pretty dope. Sound like some Stranger Things type shit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really cool book. I never read it. I wanted to see if Dahlia's read it, um, but... Anyway, uh, Stephen King fans, check it out. The Talisman. Probably, like, Steven, Steven Spielberg and shit. Oh, hey, there's Dahlia. Uh, hey, so the Talisman, have you... Oh, babe. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll eat in a minute. Taco time. Thank you, babe. Talk, we got some taco delivery here in the studio. All right. Have you read The Talisman from Stephen King? I have. I've read most of Stephen King. Here, get on the mic. Get on the mic. Get on the mic. Uh, let me let me show you this. I love all Stephen King books. Well, okay. Well, let me show you this real quick. They're going to be uh, doing this as a TV or movie series. I saw that. Yeah, you you shared it. Oh, did uh, I? With me on social media. Oh, okay. I tagged you in that as well. Yeah. So, what do you think about that? I'm super excited. I'm super now, excited. in terms of just like Stephen King's books, like I was describing to Aaron, it's like a interdimensional kind of. Is there a way you can describe just kind of you know what? the basic premise of you know does he try is he time traveling is he for for us that haven't read it says you know it's a young boy named jack sawyer his sprawling quest throughout the monstrous alternate dimension to find the mystical title object that can cure his dying mother so it's uh just like you just like you stated it's a lot of the stephen king novels are sci-fi they're interdimensional um and with the dark tower series if you read it all, all seven books all the way through, they actually have a play on the talisman. Oh, it's all connected, right? Yeah, he like connects all of yeah. his books in that right. one series. Yeah, yeah. I would really like to see Needful Things um, oh, okay. being put out instead of the talisman. Right. Um, that's one that I would. Okay. Would prefer, but anything that Stephen King puts out, especially this day and age, I'm excited about. All right. So, well, there you go. So definitely going to watch it. Yeah, that, I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, so ch- check this out, Aaron. You see this thing about Bam Margera uh, kind of losing it uh, with his manager. Apparently, he was going to be doing a comedy show, and he just, like, this this oh, video is starting to go viral. Last time I've seen him. He what? Looked, he looked rough. Yeah, so apparently his family's getting him into treatment. Uh Apparently, this comedy club meltdown that kind of happened here. Let me show you the video here. <laughs> he's, he's looking pretty rough these days. Uh, all right, so here's the video. God damn it with this website. Okay, so the guy that Bam's yelling at is apparently his manager. And he's at the venue. The story is, is that Bam showed up about 7 o'clock, right? So... He, no, no, okay, so the story is he was supposed to do a show at 7 o'clock. The first show got canceled. Comedy show at 7 okay. o'clock, right? First show got canceled. So then he shows up at 8 o'clock. There was supposed to be a 10 p.m. show that didn't get canceled yet. Shows up at 8 o'clock, and then he's, like, fucking super pissed at his manager, apparently, because no one's there, you know? <laughs> and what everybody's kind of pointing out is that... Uh, well, no one's there yet, man. It's 8 o'clock. The show isn't until 10, 10 o'clock, you know? And he's, like, fucking freaking out at his manager. Basically, in the video, Bam called his manager a fucking pussy, threatens him. 
Witnesses say he appeared intoxicated. He canceled his 7 p.m. show after getting into an argument with his wife, Nikki. So he showed up at 8 p.m. for the 10 p.m. show, lost it on his manager because he expected the club to be full. And uh, we don't need to see the video. It's it's having a, some trouble loading here. What does he do? He's a, it's a comedy show? Or yeah, what? it's just like stand-up comedy. It's like he gets up there and he just like kind of like does a stand-up comedy. But it, to me, it's like... The dude's not a stand-up com- comedian, right? No. Who the fuck's gonna want to watch him just get up there and be drunk and stupid, right? Like, yeah, the jackass days fucking are over, you know. Yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, video's not really working for us right now, but it's stupid anyway. He's just fucking up there, just like, uh, fucking around with his manager and shit, and tell him to fuck off. It looks really bad though. Like the manager's just like almost like genuinely terrified. He's like. Hey man, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. You know, he's like, "Why is there no one here?" and all this crazy shit. So, I don't know. Apparently, they're trying to get him into rehab. They think he's suffering from a personality disorder as well. It's not just like drinking. I guess it's gotten really bad with him. So, pretty shitty. Uh, news from around the world. Speaking of shitty stuff, do you hear about this? 157 people mm-hmm. killed in the Ethiopian Airlines clash, uh, crash. Uh, it's the second fatal crash of a Boeing 737 in five months. All 157 people on board were killed. And yeah, it was like two similar instances, huh? Where like it was some type yep. of uh, automated thing. It made it go into a nosedive or something. Yeah, or... apparently the cockpit data recorder showed the airspeed indicator had malfunctioned on its last four flights. Boeing sent a notice to airlines days after the crash that incorrect information from a sensor could cause the plane to automatically point the nose down. Isn't that fucking freaky? You're just flying in a plane, and it's just like, oh, well, hey, you know, we're just going down now, and what can mm-hmm. you do, right? From a faulty sensor. So, crazy, man. Yeah, supposedly there's a fix where they're going to read the data from multiple sensor points now or something mm-hmm. instead of just one single. I mean, it, it's crazy how... <laughs> Life or death can be based off one little input signal. Yeah, that has some little a, sensor has a chance to to send the wrong signal or, or kill 157 be, people. You know, yeah, it's wild. Did you hear about the woman attacked by the jaguar taking a selfie? You I see that? I, I might have heard something about that. She got quick. her fucking arm filleted. Like it was like her arm was like jaguar, all huh? hanging out, all crazy and shit. Yeah, apparently this lady she tried to take a selfie at the. Um, the zoo there in Arizona. Uh, it like was the was... Wildlife World Zoo. Did she... she crossed a barrier okay. to try and get to the selfie, uh, yeah. and the jaguar reached out and swiped at her. the The zoo emphasized that the animal never left its enclosure. Yeah, think and... about a think about an animal trapped in a cage for its life. You know, like everybody's a certain distance away everything is a certain distance away and then like something new comes around they want to check it out it's like different it's new you know yeah what are you doing in my little you shouldn't be in here what's going on right yeah at least they're not putting the 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 jaguar down they should put that lady down because she's fucking there for a reason but (laughs) still the like the fact that she could get that close how big is this fence and shit? I don't know nothing. I don't know anything. Yeah, about it, I don't know. I didn't look it up. She like jump a fence or something? She crossed the barrier. Like she if, stepped over a fence area. Because a jaguar, I mean, could jump wherever the fuck it wants. Yeah, so I'm like if she the could fence, jump something. Uh, then apparently, it, the fence it, is able. The jaguar can kind of reach and grab. Oh, okay, you know, it's okay. like kind of an open area fence Stuck kind of his deal. Hand through something. Yeah, and got him. Okay. Um, so the oldest person in the world. How old do you think they are? Oldest person in the world. Right now, um, hundred and. 117. You're close. 116. The Guinness World Records officially recognized a 116-year-old Japanese woman as the oldest living person on Saturday, March 9th. took place at a ceremony at the nursing home in the city of Fukuoka, where Jane, or excuse me, Kane Tanaka lives. She's uh, she's, uh, going to be 117 in July. The oldest living person ever was a French woman named Jean-Louise Calment who died at the age of 122, according to Guinness World Records. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 122. Speaking of crazy shit, $77 million cocaine shipment was seized in New York 
It's the biggest in 25 years. New York? Yeah, they seized this shipment in Port New York, Newark, New Jersey late last month. It's the biggest cocaine seizure at the ports of New York and New Jersey in 25 years. That says a lot. There's a lot of coke going through that fucking port. And the container with the cocaine was recovered from a ship in Newark that originated in Colombia and was headed next to Belgium. Wow. Hmm. So it wasn't even going to be staying in New York. It was going to be going to Belgium, Uh, which is, that's wild, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, All right, some more news from around the world. I thought this was interesting. Yellowstone's geysers are getting more active, and nobody's sure why. So these geysers, they would erupt every half a century like every 50 years now they're erupting every week every week yeah and apparently according to park officials late last year one slumbering geyser dubbed ear by accessing this podcast you acknowledge that the entire contents and the design of this podcast are property of the garage rock show or used by tgrs with permission and are protected under u.s and international copyright and trademark laws The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of The Garage Rock Show. TGRS assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein. This disclaimer is posted in full at thegaragerockshow.com.